Welcome to the Life After Death Pod Class. I'm your host, Eric Hodgson. Loss is loss. It could be a job, a relationship, your retirement, a loved one, and even a pet. So what do we do when the gap is created between love and loss? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Life After Death Pod Class, the lessons to lead yourself and others after a loss. By August of 2012, I had been living on my own for seven years after my divorce, and I felt it was time to find a four-legged companion. I searched for weeks, and I shared my plans with a co-worker, Michelle, who was a dog lover as well. And one morning, Michelle messaged me, and she told me she found the coolest-looking dog on an adoption website, and her name was Betty. And so very much like finding the perfect home, the moment I saw Betty's pictures, I knew she was the dog I wanted to adopt. They captured perfectly her playfulness and her sweet demeanor. And so two weeks later, I picked up Betty at a vet clinic in Western Mass and brought her home. The next day, Zoe was at the house and immediately wanted to change her name. And so I let Zoe decide, and she chose Bean. It was perfect. When I lost Zoe six years ago, Bean was probably one of the best things in my life at the time to help me through those early days. She showed me that love is present even in the worst of times. The night after Zoe died, I was so tired and exhausted that I just crashed on my couch And as I drifted off, Bean got up on the couch with me, curled up next to me, and we both slept through to the next morning. And for the last eight years, Bean has been one of the best dogs I've ever been around. She loves people. She fiercely protects me from all of those vicious rabbits, squirrels, and chipmunks. And uh, more than anything, she's continued to show me that love exists always. In February of this year, I was traveling to Florida, and when I got back home to Maine, I picked up Bean from my parents' house. Later that night, while I was scratching her neck, I felt bumps that I hadn't felt before. Well, Bean had just been to the vet to get her teeth cleaned, and they found some infection in her ears and also a little infection below her gum line, and so I figured her lymph nodes were swollen because of that. But a week later... Bean was next to me on the couch, and I felt lumps on the back of her legs. And so, like we all do, I googled the location of lymph nodes in dogs. And sure enough, base of the neck and back of the legs are exact locations. I assumed it was still an infection, but I didn't hesitate to contact our vet to make an appointment to bring her in. And when I told them what I had found, they wanted to see Bean right away. The next day... Our vet, Molly, did a quick examination, and afterwards she said, I'm really concerned about what I'm feeling here. I asked her what she thought it was, and she cautioned that confirmation was needed via a test, but she said, if I have to guess, I think it's lymphoma. When she said that, my heart sank, 
and I, my mind went all foggy. I did manage to ask Molly what was going to potentially happen if the test did come back positive for the lymphoma. As nicely as she could tell me, she said, look, Eric, there's no cure here. And with chemo, you're looking at a lifespan between 12 and 18 months, maybe a little bit more, depending on how she could do with that. But let's find out what we're working with before you make any decisions. When I left the vet clinic that day, driving home, it seemed like everything had changed with Bean. I started treating her like a living loss. I started thinking about how I felt after I lost Zoe and the pain just flowed in. I looked at Bean like I was going to be putting her to sleep in the next few days, like she had some death sentence or something. And emotionally, I was all over the place. For the next couple of days, it was even more difficult because I was paying attention to every last detail of how Bean walked with me on the trails, what her expressions were, And I was taking a bunch of pictures of her and then immediately feeling so bad because I couldn't get that time back with her. And I felt guilty for the times that I've scolded Bean in the past and when I was less than patient with her with some of her behavior. But for Bean, it was business as usual. You know, let's go play. Let's go for a walk. When are we going to eat? Can I finish what you're eating? You know, all that good stuff. And here I was practically saying goodbye to her already. (laughs) The interesting piece was that she was doing what she did best, taking care of me, and she had no idea that I was sad for her. And I was treating her like that gap between love and loss was already there. The gap that we all feel when we do lose a loved one. By the third day, something had shifted. I remembered what Molly told me that I wasn't alone in this and that there were options to help Bean through this. Molly did confirm that Bean had lymphoma and it was the better of the two types for a dog to have, so that was good news. But I had a plan now. And so I stopped treating Bean like the gap was already there. I focused less on why she got lymphoma and instead I focused on what I was going to do about it. And for the guilt, I had to identify what it was trying to tell me that I had to be more patient with her now, that I had to focus on what I was going to be doing about this situation and then put that into practice. I had to reframe my thoughts to focus on the present. It's what I can do for her right now. And yes, there will be a time that the real gap between love and loss will come into play with Bean. And I know for anyone listening to this episode, We're already in that place of missing our loved ones so much. The gap is already there, very much like it is with Zoe. So how do we navigate our way through that? What helped me make the shift with Bean came from the reminder of a conversation that I had with a mentor about a year ago. Her name is Brenda. And I reached out to Brenda because at the time I was feeling particularly sad. I was missing Zoe so much and I couldn't go up to her bedroom at the house any longer because I sold the house a few months before that and I moved to Maine. I was holding on to the memories of Zoe and the house. And so Brenda asked me, Eric, what does it feel like to let Zoe go? And when I heard that question, I got so angry and I couldn't even answer it. And I said that to Brenda. I said, I I don't even know what that means. What do you mean let her go? And Brenda calmly said, 
Eric, what does it feel like to let Zoe go? And I got silent because I felt emptiness when I thought about it. And I started to tear up. When I had some composure, I managed to tell Brenda that it feels like there's going to be a huge gap there. And Brenda said warmly, look, Eric, I know you can hear this, but the gap already exists. But then she quickly said to me, so for you, what does it look like when you fill the gap with living your life again? And it didn't take me long to answer that. And I said, it feels so good because I'm doing the things I love to do, like traveling and writing, spending time with family and friends and speaking and coaching others. I mean, the list went on. And for the sadness with Zoe, that's all I needed to focus on changing my perspective, to focus on filling the gap with love. And that's exactly what I needed to be reminded of with Bean. Author Stephen Pressfield wrote, The opposite of fear is not courage, it's love. And I believe that this quote is so appropriate for those who are grieving loss. As much as we feel fear in the early days after a loss, which could be the fear of the unknowns about our future, our own survival, the fear of the abyss itself, and even what life, quote-unquote, life will be like moving forward, you're also scared that the love that you want to give to the person you lost isn't going to be received by them any longer. And when that love isn't returned to us, it can feel very empty. But as much as we feel fear and grief, what pulls us out of the abyss is reconnecting with love. Not love for things like money, reputation, and our own agenda, but rather the love of others and of yourself. When you emerge from the abyss, it's not courage that's on the other side. It is love. And that may seem like it's a million miles away right now, and I get that. Maybe all you can see is darkness in front of you, and I know how it feels to be at that place so very early after a loss. When you lose a loved one, albeit a human, a pet, even a celebrity figure that you never met, it doesn't matter. You're feeling all of the same things that others feel. The gap between love and loss is real. Now here's where courage comes in. Courage is what lights your way through the abyss. Because it takes courage to take the first step. And when you commit to the next step, you have momentum. It's the courage to get up in the morning and put your feet on the ground, even though it hurts. It's the courage to continue to choose to survive. It's the courage to take care of ourselves during this very difficult time. It's the courage to remind yourself that you're not alone. It's the courage to keep going when you don't want to. It's the courage to honor your loved one by living your life. It's the courage to reframe your regrets and guilt and to release them. It's the courage to ask questions as you move through this. It's a courage to remember that love is abundant even now. Courage is what lights your way through the abyss. So if you've lost a loved one, Please know that better days are ahead. You are courageous for even surviving this. You will get to the other side of this. I know that will happen. 
Love is abundantly around you now, even as you move through this abyss. And if you're helping someone who lost a loved one, be the one who walks with them on their journey. Help them to close that gap between love and loss by sharing your scars with them. Lead them in a way that they know love is abundant in this time. And that's done by how you show up for them. I'm continuing to do my best for Bean. And at the time of this recording, she's halfway through chemo treatment and she's in remission. I don't know how long I have with Bean, but I'm going to continue to give her the love that she gives me. And then I'll always know that I did everything I could for her. The gap between Zoe and I exists and always will. However, I choose to bridge that gap with love. I remind myself that I love Zoe as much as I did the day she was born. And reconnecting with love pulled me out of the abyss. And it will for you in time as well. The opposite of fear is not courage. It's love. The courage to keep going right now when it hurts the most. It will be okay. Let's continue to walk together. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Life After Death Pod Class. I'm your host, Eric Hodgden, and I invite you to download the companion PDF, take notes, teach what you've learned, and share this podcast with others that you know.